you tell that white asshole that I will cut him. <laughs> Take his award away. <laughs> Take right it away. Now. He he didn't win it. I was to be con- fair. Yeah, well, he he blames those uh, bloopers for costing him that award he apparently demanded uh and of course he referring to peter sellers right being there you would have to know of course is the movie we're talking about not just being there where we are here talking about it but great film and uh i guess a little bit of an intro we have a, a special guest on the Plex Files. Yes, probably the specialist um, of guests. Yes, probably even more special than Chauncey in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Most people would refer to him as Laura's dad, but I refer to him as dad. He refers to himself as... Bill. <laughs> I'm Laura's dad. He's going to bill us later for this <laughs> appearance in the show. So you recommended that we watched Being There, and why did you recommend that we watch Being There? Well, I feel that being there is very appropriate for the times <laughs> because it talks about a person who is fairly clueless in the world and yet has a significant impact and can really make a difference for everyone. Hmm. I can't even begin to imagine who you'd be referencing. Chauncey Gardner. <laughs> Chauncey Gardner, of course. I didn't realize this movie had political stuff in it at all. Yeah, Lord. President Bobby, Bobby and, Baker. <laughs> and one thing that I always thought was at the end, I thought he flew away. I didn't think he walked on water. Oh, so what? So you said that some of the movie posters give away the ending. Yeah, because isn't he flying in some of the movie posters? Isn't he, in the, isn't he in the air? I don't think so. I don't think so. I think it looks like it because he's... No, you're right. Some of the movie posters did show that, that he was sort of walking up toward the castle. Yeah. But huh. in I, reality, he's walking was, across the pond. And I always thought it was the Washington Monument <laughs> that, that he was walking Not the towards. McElwain Mansion, or where were they? Right. The McMansion? Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt so, McMansion. So I had a class in college one time, a directing class, and one of the students, who I still kind of talk to a little bit, his name is Brian, and he talked about an element of some of his favorite movies is what this movie does at the end, which is called Magical Realism where the whole movie seems realistic the whole time, and then out of nowhere it just becomes surreal or magic at the same time. Are you referring to the bloopers at the end? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, When I was a kid, though, I I heard that term magical realism, but for some reason someone corrected me and said, no, it's not magical realism, it's madrigal realism, because it was a storytelling element from Madrid. And I think he was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. I think, I think a madrigal it, is a, a form of singing style from no, the I mean, Renaissance I, or something. <laughs> I don't think it has anything to do with that at all. It's um, When he was talking about that in class, he says, it's magical realism. I go, isn't it magical realism? <laughs> and, they, and everyone in the class looked at me like, what are you, a fucking moron? <laughs> And now we all know that it was Brian who was. (laughs) Yeah, Brian was the smart one, apparently. Well, that's crazy. I've never heard of magical realism. I haven't either. Probably for a good reason. (laughs) That was an interesting part of the movie. I mean, it felt a little out of place, I think, for that to happen at the end. But you said it's because he's never seen water. water. He'd never seen a lake. And he didn't know any better. But his umbrella went down to the bottom. Right. He's he he's like, oh, well, what happens here? And he puts his umbrella in and then walks off because he's clueless. But wouldn't or, he or fall? He's, he's an angel, right? Isn't that what this is interpreting is that he's the spe- <laughs> he's the specter of death. And because the first time we see him is right when someone dies. Oh. And then the next person uh. that he comes into contact with, he guides them into their death. Oh. That's very, that's very, very, very deep. That's right over my head. Well, I feel and like, into my heart. I feel like it kind of <laughs> smacks you over the head with it at the end with the walking on water stuff. Well, I thought it was like Jesus. Yeah. Well, he did kind of walk away. Yeah. yeah. Well, I he just... walked towards some, I don't know. Biltmore. Biltmore. On the hill. McMansion. McElwain wow. Manor. McElwain Monopoly that's, Mansion. That's really interesting. I've never thought of it that way. I, I always just thought it was so interesting that all of these people accepted everything that he said. Mm-hmm. And in the end, he doesn't even know what water is. Yeah. I viewed it as it was a shallow pond and where he stuck his umbrella, it got a little deeper. 
Or it was just mud, <laughs> or it was like a marsh, and he put his, he went into the It was mud. like, what do they call that? Swamp diving? Or where where they go in like the little Bog holes? diving? Bog diving. Yeah. Maybe he was just going for a bog dive. There's a bog down in the valley, yo. <laughs> Valley-o. <laughs> <laughs> it's an old Irish the, drinking song. Oh, well, I didn't know that. But it starts off with the old man dying, which is not his father. No. Okay. So it's not his father. So there's a thing with movies with Laura where if she, <laughs> if you, if she misses the tiny detail at the beginning, it influences the whole rest of the movie. <laughs> the yeah. same thing happened so, with Up, and uh, because who did you think it was? You thought that you thought his wife that so died. So have you in seen Up? Up? First of all, no. Okay. Well, well I don't want to spoil. We're going to spoil you. the first two minutes. <laughs> maybe <of Up. laughs> maybe this will cause less confusion when you see it. But basically, the old man in Up with the little walker with the tennis balls. In the beginning of the movie, he's hanging out with a little kid. And I thought the little kid was a little boy. And then you flash forward to like his old age and his wife dies. And so we get to the end of the movie and I turned to Alex and I was like, what happened to the little boy in the beginning that was his friend? And he goes, that was his wife as a child. And I was like, that wasn't a boy. And he's like, no, that was a girl. And I was like, oh, Okay, I was just well, wondering why everything. they jumped to that. Yeah, it changed everything. <laughs> and so I haven't watched the movie since then, so it hasn't impacted me. But yeah, Up's not that great. So I I, I like Up. I think I it's cute. I think it's kind of a weak Pixar movie. It's, it's good. But if it's not his father, then this isn't as sad, right? No. So who is this old man then? He was the guy he was a gardener for, right? But the question is, who is he? If there's oh. no record of him. Mm. He's God. Well, yeah, that's that's why you know the they kind of allude to him being a, a spirit. Some people fear it. Some people just yeah. won't get near it. I had the impression he wasn't a very bright spirit. Yeah, yeah. I guess that's a tough job. You don't want to be too bright and emotional if you have to just be going escorting people off into their death. Yeah, it's not like it's a wonderful life where you're an intelligent angel that's earning your wings. You're just floating away. At the end. <laughs> but there's also the, the detail that he loves to watch TV, but he doesn't seem to have picked up anything from TV if he's been watching it his entire life, you know? That's usually what characters like this do. He kind of interacts with TV as if he's never seen it before, because he hasn't been to this planet before. God, you are so philosophical wow. on this movie. Well, this feel, is like a, again, very well, This I is just, just yeah. Just, well, to I me, this is like just were, um, a guy with mild Rain Man syndrome. Are you saying that there are possibly layers to this movie? I think so. I think <laughs> that could be viewed at one layer as just kind of a p pathetic guy who gets thrown out on the streets, and at another layer, it's an angel, and at another. That's amazing. Yeah, I mean, I think you can read it so many different ways, and that's why Peter Sellers wanted to do this so much, especially since, I don't know, was he was this kind of close to when he was dying? This was his last production that came out. And a lot of people, you know, they do projects like this that are mortality-based, and so... But he didn't know he was going to die. He was like 54, and he died of a heart attack. I oh, mean, sure it wasn't... I'm sure an idea. <laughs> he planned it. So basically what this is, is that he was already dead when they shot the ending. That's right. And I get it now. Still, I don't think it's that deep. He should have won an Oscar for this. I wonder who beat him this year. I don't know. I should look it up. I don't have my I know that Best either. Supporting Actor won. He won an Emmy, but he did not win an Oscar. He was nominated, though. Hmm. But didn't he win for Dr. Strangelove? I don't think so. Hmm. He might have been nominated for Lolita. You know, it's interesting. The only, I haven't seen any of the Pink Panther movies. I've only seen Peter Sellers movies that were Stanley Kubrick movies, other than this. Uh, so, what else, Stanley in? Kubrick, was he in besides Doctor Strange Love? Lolita. And I've never even heard of that. The Peter Sellers movies that I saw growing up were all Pink Panther. So, I didn't know there was this like serious. This is a little different him. than that. A little. There, I mean, there's some elements of humor. There is a car crash. Yes. Where he. He injures himself and gets in this great situation because of it. Um, yeah, <laughs> most people don't. Uh, <laughs> most people don't luck out like that when they get crushed by a car. Yeah, no, they <laughs> usually don't walk away from it or wheel out of it like yeah. he does. It's pretty amazing. But the Peter Sellers I knew growing up was only Pink Panther. I never knew any of his other movies. And then Jeffrey Rush about 
nine, ten years ago, did The Life and Death of Peter Sellers. Great movie. Which was really great. <laughs> is he English or is that like... Well, it's funny because like... <laughs> Jeffrey, Jeffrey Rush was... He looks like Peter Sellers, but when he talks, he's like, "What are you? What do you know?" He's talking yeah, like he's, Jeffrey. Does. Yeah, he's like schizophrenic or something. <laughs> yeah. He's got multiple personality disorder. It's like, it's like Peter Sellers didn't talk like that at all. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, Pink Panther was hilarious, but not all the Pink Panther movies were funny. The first one he was in wasn't funny. It wasn't like that funny. It was like I don't know. It was just bad humor. It was just dry. I don't know. It wasn't funny. Because have you seen the the original one? Is So what's the order of the Pink Panther franchise? I have no idea. <laughs> so Pink Panther 1, 2, two 3, three. <laughs> and so on. Was there a 4? Uh, probably. It was a cartoon. Yeah, that was the one with Steve Martin and Beyonce. So that was the bad one. Yeah, that was the bad one. <laughs> that one wasn't no, I think they funny. did like 6 before they rebooted it, didn't but they? But they had someone else play... Yeah, Alan Arkin played in Inspector Clouseau in the last one. Okay, before the before Steve Alan Arkin, really? Yeah, huh? I'm pretty sure. I stopped watching at that point, I guess. But we have all the Pink Panther movies, so I'm kind of surprised you haven't seen them. But he was just a very funny person. He, um, a lot of people thought that Peter Sellers, who worked with him, said that they thought he suffered from mental illness because he always seemed to really absorb the characters that he was. So they just thought he was a little crazy. I can see it. (laughs) Kind of comes off as like an Andy Kaufman type. Yeah, or Robin Williams. He's he's in on the joke, but nobody else is, you know? He definitely absorbed this character. He did. He did. It was really interesting. So, I mean, would you say this is more of a drama or a comedy? Uh, I would say it's mostly a drama. And the comedy just comes from like these little small moments um, (laughs) that only happen... Because of the characters, you know? Yeah. But yeah, for situation. The, yeah, totally. It's a situational comedy. But for the most yes. part, I, I love Any movies situation. like this because I love characters like this who are very innocent and have no, um, there's no bad um, intentions with them at all. And the world uh, changes because of them. They don't let the world change them. Mm. And I often relate to people like that in movies because I feel like I thought I, you were going to say in real life. I'm like, I've never met anyone like that in real life. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, they exist. I think you're looking at one right now. I, I feel like I have a lot in common with people like this. Um, Do you suffer from mild? Special, I, I guess I, I guess you could just say that I, I feel like I have a healthy sense of naivety. Naivete. <laughs> That, you got to say it with a southern accent and yeah. say it that way. Naivete. I feel like I'm na- <laughs> I feel like I'm naive enough to not hate everything that's going on in the world. Yeah, but you just don't repeat everything you say. I mean, I mean, he's what does he have? Rain Man syndrome or like what? What is this? I think he's just never been outside outside no, the gates. But that woman, so Louise says, I knew that boy from when he was real little. Mm-hmm. Which makes me think that the old man was his dad. And maybe I heard something right for once. And she says, and he could never learn to read or write or anything. So clearly there's something wrong with him. Maybe not. Maybe he just never had the opportunity. He always just lived in the garden. Yeah. Maybe he just liked to watch TV. Who doesn't like to watch TV? It makes me fearful of if I watch it too much, will I turn into Chauncey? Chance- <laughs> Gard- Gardinier. <laughs> Garnier. It's a Garnier warning. fruit cheese. It is. It's a warning. This is why you could not have that, a TV in your room. That, that is true. Or a door on the hinges. Because I, <laughs> I would slam it. No, that's a pretty interesting concept. Maybe that's the hidden message is TV is bad for you. Maybe. Ooh, another layer. Did you um, see this when it came out? I saw it after it came out. Yeah. In, in, when it, I think I saw it in the theaters. Oh, okay. Do you remember how they marketed this movie? Was it like, Peter Sellers is really stupid watching TV? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I saw it because Peter Sellers was in it. Yeah. And I didn't expect it to be the movie that it was. Oh, really? What did you expect it to be? Um, I expected it to be more of a comedy. Mm. So it was a big shock that it wasn't a comedy because I didn't pay attention before I went. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, ugh. (laughs) <laughs> and that's a two-hour long movie. That's a two-hour long non Yeah, you're like, ooh. When does the French accent <laughs> right. come in? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so why did you, I mean, why did you like Peter Sellers? Was he one of your favorite actors? 
Well, I love the Pink Panther movies. Yeah, of course. And so I thought, um, because they were, they were just funny. They were a good escape. This wasn't quite a good escape, but. Yeah, this uh, puts you right in reality of the time we're in right now. Yeah. (laughs) But it was kind of the time that it was made in too. True. Because that was a time when there was a lot of, everything was up in the air and, and people didn't trust, uh, you know, like the president in this one wasn't trusted. And they and they didn't trust him, and it was kind of a jab, I think, at uh, Carter, who was president at the time. I don't know much about Jimmy Carter. He seems to be a pretty forget forgettable person because I don't no, know him. Love, people love Carter. <laughs> In terms of my memory from no, fifth grade, love, where people. we studied the fifty presidents, that we had to correlate some of them to appliances and things like Lincoln, the penny. There was like a song that went with it. But so, why was Jimmy Carter such a joke? Like President Bobby Boulay. Well, the economy was a mess. There were lines. You had to long lines to get gasoline. There wasn't enough energy. There were rolling blackouts, as I recall. The Iran crisis happened. What was the Iran crisis? Uh, they broke into the Iranian embassy and captured all of the U.S. citizens that were in the embassy and held them until a few days after Reagan was elected president. <laughs> So we were, and when they sent a rescue team in to get them, that all went bad and the rescue team never made it. So they, they crashed, the planes crashed into each other in the desert and it was a, it was a big nightmare. So the planes crashed into each other. It was just a, it was a time when, and he was credited with a comment that about malaise, that there was a malaise in the country. What is a malaise? Is that like a glaze? He just said, we're all kind of in this national malaise. We all just feel down the country was depressed that was what he was trying to say hmm. and everybody said you're right we are but they didn't want, <laughs> they didn't want him to tell them that then they did they didn't want their president to to acknowledge it interesting They're like yeah. you're right molasses <laughs> i feel like molasses i feel right malaysian <laughs> but the, the economy was horrible so it was, and was it his fault or was it i mean who preceded him right so well and this was right on the heels of nixon resigning and oh, ford was president so okay. carter was elected after ford so there were there you know there was a lot of turmoil and this kind of reflects some of that interesting we're definitely not in a time of turmoil right now though right. We, we can all agree on that so that's good was ben an advisor to the president i think i think he was kind of a uh, a rich guy advisor, yeah, billionaire okay. advisor. They don't seem to have those these days. Because he wasn't like there a speechwriter for him or anything, was he? No, he said he stayed out of politics. Okay. Stayed out, I, quote unquote, of politics. I, I know that it, movies like this kind of drive people crazy where they don't explain stuff like that, but I really like movies like that where you don't necessarily know the relationship, but you can tell that they have a relationship because of how they talk to each other and the names they call each other, but... There's never parts where he's like, ah, yes, the president is here to see his advisor, Mr. Ben Randolph, or whatever his name is. <laughs> Randolph is from Thunder in Paradise. <laughs> I think one of the things I like best about the movie is that it doesn't do that. There isn't a lot of detail. There's no yeah. who's the old man. There's no who Ben is. I mean, or who the hell chance is. Like, no normal human being in this movie is like, Something. Well, the doctor and the nurse, the two medical professionals are the ones that are like, something is not right with this guy. Yeah. Everyone else is like, this guy should be president of the United States. This is great. So crazy. Let's get behind him. But it was kind of sad. I mean, when he left the house and he was walking through the streets of D.C. and D.C. used to be like that. Now, it's not really like that. Is I mean, I've, I've heard it is. I've never been. You know, Jimmy was working down there um, for political season doing ads, and he said the, his boss uh, had to fight for his life because some people mugged him as oh he was leaving God. his office in the middle of D.C. in 2014 or something, whenever it happened. Well, there you go. 2014 was a rocky year. I guess so. Lots of things happened. But I was like, well, D.C. is not as bad as it used to be, right? Right. And he said, well... Yes and no, but my boss had to fight for his life. (laughs) Yeah, now there's just marches of angry women and people protecting their rights and such. That's right. Despicable. I mean, he's kind of taken advantage of by those people that come in, those two lawyers that start off and they're like, who are you? 
do you have medical or dental records or things like that? And they just kick him out. Louise is all of a sudden an elderly woman who has to go into a retirement home. Yeah, that's weird. Do elderly people live at retirement homes and drive to work and stuff and then go back? I don't think so. Don't usually... I don't know. It was kind of like she lived there and then she was gone. Yeah, like she yeah. just couldn't take care of herself anymore. May maybe out. we're to assume that after the house got shut down, that's the only place she could go or something. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's a rough city. That's that, where I'd go. <laughs> can a lawyer and his girlfriend come and just kick you out of your house? Well, they were probably... <laughs> sure, why not? <laughs> yeah, well, if they show you their credentials. I mean, yeah, well, maybe he just didn't have the papers. I guess. <laughs> so his girlfriend was in a later thing, which it was so funny in the credits. It was like, girlfriend or wife? And there was a question mark oh, they did in the that? credits. Yeah, because it, it, there was one part in the movie where he's going to meet the Washington Post journalist in a bar. Yeah. And so he's like, I got to go. And she's like, whatever. Ugh. And she like lays on the bed. It's all pissy about it. So that's his girlfriend. The lawyer girl is someone different. It was funny because she was in Sesame Street for about 30 years is what I read. And there was the opening scene right before she came in where um, Chance was watching Sesame Street. Mm. And she was in it during that time, which is crazy. So she jumped out of the screen and probably freaked out Chance. Yeah. Yeah, like, he's somewhere oh right God. there. Yeah. If I wasn't an angel, I'd be really scared right <laughs> yeah, now. Yeah, <laughs> I thought Big Bird was scary, but this woman just leapt out of here, this lawyer, this Jewish lawyer. But she was in that. She was in What About Bob? And the another other- Another great movie. Another really great movie. Dr. Marvin's wife, I think, or daughter. Richard Dreyfus. Yes. Some Dr. Marvin. Oh, Lily Marvin. The one that uh, Bill Murray marries in the end, his sister- do you remember? He's like, oh, this is great. I'm marrying your sister. And he's like, no, oh, I can't get rid of Bob. But that's that's her. She's in it. And then the president, has anyone seen the movie Toys with Robin Williams? Yeah. So he plays the general in that. Yeah. The one who does all the little like battle sequences and mm -hmm. toys. And your favorite movie, Problem Child. Yeah, is he the... Grandpa. Yeah, the grandpa. I know him as the... Well, I guess he's not. He's in Major League, I think. I don't know what that is. I know a league of their own. Uh, Major League was an old, uh, well, not super old, but baseball comedy from like the 90s, I want to say, with Charlie hmm. Sheen and Wesley Snipes. Great. They made three of them. I don't like sports movies. Well, it's barely like a sports movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's called Major League. But so there were some interesting characters in this. Well, and Richard Basehart, the doctor. Who's this that? This is very important. He was the captain of the Seaview. In That's the, what he said. <laughs> in uh, in in uh, Voyage to the Bottom of the Sea, which was a great classic old movie about a nuclear powered submarine that was sort of like Star Trek, only it was under the ocean, and they they got attacked by giant squids and octopuses and whales, all sorts of things. What about like there. aliens and probably there were aliens? Like I can't oh, good. remember everything. It good, was nineteen sixty four. Oh, pipe. High production quality. I mean, sea giant sea creatures are technically aliens, I would say. I think I they say. are. They'd probably, where are you going to go if you're an alien? Yeah, I mean, they. Yeah, I'm, you're going to go straight to the bottom of the ocean. I think it's safe to say the ocean is another world from what we're used to. Yeah. Was that a movie or a TV show? It was or a what? TV show. It was a TV show. And so it was a series where they would just get attacked by like clownfish and the Borg. octopi and the, and the Borg <laughs> and things of that nature. Yes. Wow. I've never heard of that. That's fascinating. Either. So is it like 20? It seems like around that time, that's when like a Moby Dick movie came out in 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. No, there were like a lot very of modern. movies. Oh, very modern. Very modern. They weren't so they dicking were... around. And when things, <laughs> that's right. When, <clears throat> when things attacked them, they would shoot an electrical charge through the hull of the ship. That sounds just like Star Trek <laughs> or Thunder in Paradise where they electrocute yeah. people. On the ship. <laughs> yeah, um, like water world. <laughs> water world. Just anything water related. Anything with a weaponized vessel. So what did you guys think of the fact that he basically just got to go live with these people in this nice house through this accident and the fact that there was a TV in a limo? I didn't know that was possible. It's still not possible, is it, to have a TV in a car? I mean, you can play something on your iPod while you're driving. <laughs> you well, that's dangerous. Or you have TVs on the back of the headsets? On the back? Oh, yeah. The... The headrests. Headrests. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Now. But he just went, well, I was going to say, he just went with these strange people, but he's clearly not all there. 
just not being there. He seems very well-spoken. You know, everything. He just repeats everything everyone else says. Well, whenever they're they're saying, you you know, you should really do this. Our country needs this. The world needs this. And he says, I will do that, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's like a robot. Well, one of the scenes I liked was when he's sitting waiting for Louise to bring him lunch and he's watching the news <laughs> and a, the president's meeting the president of China or someone and they're shaking hands. Yeah. Right. And so then he starts... Figuring out how to shake hands. (laughs) That was really good. I thought you were going to say the scene on the street where he goes up to the black woman and says, will you make me a sandwich? (laughs) I was like, ooh, where's this going? (laughs) Yeah, he almost got killed on the streets of D.C. But But he would pick things up. Yeah. From either talking with somebody or from TV. And then he, like when he calls President Bobby and grabs him by both hands. Yeah, and the president's kind of like, what the hell did you just call me? <laughs> Bobby? <laughs> Mr. President to you. And he really got under his skin. He did. He couldn't sleep it off. Now, you said this was a lot like um, The Emperor's New Clothes. Is this also technically a comedy of errors? Didn't Shakespeare do something No, because like that's like a mistaken identity type of thing. Well, I mean, that's kind of what this is. Could it be a farce? Well, yeah. not quite, because there's not a lot of door slamming. Yeah, <laughs> there yeah. isn't. I don't know. I don't know what you would say this is. It kind of, I mean, it. Mm-hmm. it's not like a misunderstanding, but it is like people kind of going with something that they don't know better about. Yeah, it's not quite Prince and the Popper, because I mean, he's not lying about who he is. He's not all there. But, you know, he's also not saying that these people are wrong either. Yeah, but that's because they'd have to say, now I'm wrong, aren't I, Chauncey? And he'd have to go, yes, But he doesn't you know are. they're wrong. <laughs> yeah. All he says is, I like to watch TV. He should say, no, I don't know what you're talking about because I'm, this has nothing to do with what I do. <laughs> I just want to watch TV. Yeah, I know. And then the whole metaphor with the garden in the spring and the winter and the summer and the fall. Mm-hmm. And he basically uses that with the president and he says, ah, the spring and the summer will be good. Basically saying like the economy will be good, or I think is what he was getting yeah. at, something of that nature. And then the president does a speech quoting him and then he goes on the talk show and they like twist the words. Yeah. And he but basically... It's everybody interpreting him. Yeah. He, he's not saying, oh, the economy is like a garden. He just talks about the only thing <laughs> yeah. he knows about. And then they go, oh. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I get what you mean. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of like how people overanalyze movies. Yeah, totally. It, no, it's... Um, <laughs> and they're like, sure, whatever. That's what it is. No, this whole movie is about people projecting themselves on him and, you know, it, almost uh, using him as a tool of validation for, for every conversation that they have. Yeah. And that's why they're like, I love you because you validate everything that I'm thinking of. <laughs> that's so true. And what did you think of the fact that uh, it was Mr. Rand, Ben Rand? What did you think of the fact that Shirley MacLaine so quickly like flipped on her dying husband and was all Chauncey? I, I thought it was Sha- weird that Chance. she was even with him because when you, when she kisses uh, Chauncey, you guys were like, oh, I can't believe that. And I was like, what does that matter? He goes, well, that's that's his wife, and I went, oh, I thought she was a the caretaker. See, you had an up moment, Cause, didn't you? Because I've only, I've only, yeah, exactly. I've only seen Shirley MacLaine as an old lady, but she was actually like really pretty in this movie. I don't know how old she was. Seventy nine. I don't know. And wasn't she? She was in black and white movies with Jack Lemmon, wasn't she? The Apartment wasn't that a Shirley MacLaine movie? Oh, you know that she might have been. Yeah. Mm. And that's that's pretty old. <clears throat> well, I think her first big one was Breakfast at Tiffany's. Which I've never seen a single Audrey Hepburn movie. Yeah. Why don't maybe that an Audrey Hepburn movie or, or no McLean? Catherine Hepburn. Breakfast at Tiffany's. That's Audrey Hepburn. No. Or wait. I thought it was Shirley McLean. Audrey Hepburn. No, Audrey Hepburn is the main girl. Because that's the classic bun She's and Tiffany. the pearls. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe she's like a supporting character. I prefer the sequel. Guess who's coming to dinner at Tiffany's? Is that with the? Uh, that's with Catherine Hepburn and Sydney Poitier. Is Catherine Hepburn really in that? Yes, I think so. Is she like you're coming to dinner with she's me, like, Guess Sydney? Who's coming to dinner here, you, Sydney Poitier. <laughs> 
Surprise, guys! I'm bringing a black guy over for dinner. <laughs> Thought you weren't that expecting was, that, huh? Yeah, huh? No. It's like, no, no, we weren't, and you're disowned from this family. <laughs> Breakfast at Tiffany's? I don't know. I don't no, think I so. Guess, I, I guess she wasn't. Huh? That's terrible. Oh, Sweet Charity was what she was. Yeah, she did some musicals. She's a singer, isn't she? Mm-hmm. Who? Audrey Hepburn? No. Uh, Shirley, Shirley McLean. Oh. And I also always confuse her with Rue McClanahan. I've never, <laughs> I've never even heard that name before. <laughs> from Golden Girls. Oh. I don't know why. They don't really look alike. Which it's one just was Rue? they have names. Uh, Rue McClanahan really was one? the skanky one. What was her name? Blanche? Blanche Devereaux. Yes. Hmm. I thought her real name was Blanche. <laughs> <laughs> no, and just like B. Arthur's character was not B, it was Dorothy. <laughs> <laughs> this is like that conversation we had earlier about, you know, famous people who had TV shows like the Mary Tyler Moore. Show, oh, yeah. But her name was Mary Rubenstein or something. <laughs> <laughs> Rubenstein. And the Dick Van Dyke show. Yeah. With Rob. With Rob, Rob Reiner. What a, not Rob Reiner. <laughs> no, Rob Reiner was in it. Oh, he was. Yeah. Oh. Carl Reiner. But he wasn't Carl Reiner in the movie, was he? Well, Carl Reiner is, is not Rob Reiner. Oh, right. But Carl, was. He, they didn't call him Carl, did they? I don't even think he was in it. <laughs> yeah, he, he, was, he was a writer. He was this a writer is another case them. of mistaken identity. <laughs> Uh-oh. <Wait laughs> we don't know who any of these people are. See? <laughs> no, Carl Reiner was one of the, the Was he the tall guy? So, oh. So, yeah, no, he wasn't a writer in the show. He was a writer for the show, but he wasn't playing a writer in the show. The guy with the black hair who hung out with the girl. Yeah, that was... Um, he was the voice of something in a Rudolph. Yeah. Shiny New Year. He played the caveman. Oh, I um, thought he played... I thought he played at one point some of the No, you, you know, it's interesting. I don't know if Dick Van Dyke show is still on Netflix, but if you watch it... There's the whole, um, I think it's the whole first season. And then, oh, yeah. and then in the second season, they played the pilot that Carl Reiner is the star of, and he's playing the Dick Van Dyke part. It's so weird and not funny. And it's like, and you know, I've seen some shows that'll do that where they'll like, oh, well, we got this pilot that we can play not at the pilot time. <laughs> so they did that, and it's called, I think it's called. It's not, I don't think it's called Man of the House, but it's, it's something else. <laughs> well, it sure wasn't the Dick Van Dyke show. No. <laughs> no, he wasn't in it. But, but it's, it's the weirdest thing. It's like the first episode of Star Trek. There's no William Shatner in it. They had some other guy playing Captain Kirk. And that was a big mistake. Yeah. And then you can see. Oh, them, you really? Can see I go, never well, saw we, that. We made, we made that mistake. We're not going to do that again. So this Dick Van Dyke show is the Dick Van Dyke show, but it's Carl Reiner playing all the parts of rob and you're like well this is weird why is this the fifth episode of the second season <laughs> that's weird yeah hmm. they sometimes did that back in the day yeah well maybe rob was sick maybe or dick wait dick but Van laura but mary tyler moore wasn't in it was she, she i don't know we i don't think she it was again. it was like a whole other cast it was like a weird creepy thing yeah it was it was a pilot you know it wasn't meant to we weren't ever meant to see it and they showed like it. the bloopers from the end of this movie exactly and i thought that was weird it cuts right terrible. from they that. They put it in the wrong place. They put it right after like this really kind of mind blowing part of the movie. Yeah, the only surreal part of the. Well, I mean, most of it's like, what? but yeah, the only surreal part of the movie, basically. And then they just cut right to the scene where he's getting X-rayed and saying, "Do you know where Raphael is? I have a message for him." And it's yeah. like what that kid said when he's trying to change the channel and he's got a switchblade on him. That was a weird scene. It was dumb. It was like, this isn't a Jackie Chan movie. We don't need to see Jackie him messing Chan. up. <laughs> yeah, there's no Kung Fu Panda in this. What's going on? But I love that part. Why is Peter Sellers hitting these people with a ladder? <laughs> <laughs> That's Kato's job. <laughs> oh. And Kato wasn't in the movie. I know. Who's Kato? He was the guy yeah. that used to attack Peter Sellers. when He was Peter Sellers' uh, house man or whatever in the early pink panther movies oh uh, with the and, with the bowler hat and he would always hide behind when peter sellers to keep or uh inspector clouseau to keep sharp had cato attack him Is oh that's right i remember that now and, and he was out of the he was big wasn't he he was no he was pretty small but he'd always come out of the you know they get in these huge fights and just totally destroy the apartment <laughs> is this the same cato that bruce lee played on no the no his name was just cato but he was an Asian guy? Yeah. Well, they're not all the same. Well, it's just <laughs> weird that there's two 
Asian sidekicks named Kato in two different properties. Properties? Yeah. Like houses? Well, obviously, Jackie Chan picked up on something because he came after the Pink Panther movies. Yes. He was like, I'm going to be like Kato. I'm going to jump out of behind doors and scare people. (laughs) He did get shot a few times (laughs) before he started his career. It's true. Before he got it together. So where does this kind of place on the Peter Sellers tower of performances for you? I mean, do you think that this is better than Pink Panther? Oh, and... well, it's completely different. I think it's I, I think it's great. It's probably one of his best movies. Wow. Yeah, I would agree, too, having not seen any of the Pink Panther movies. <laughs> so really, this is the only one besides Dr. But, Strangelove? Yeah, but seen? Dr. Strangelove is amazing. Like, he's so good in that. He as is. The, as the president and as the doctor. And he's really good in Lolita, too. It's kind of a, a not funny performance also. Have you seen Lolita? No. Hmm. There was a while where Stanley Kubrick wanted to actually put him in all of his movies. Oh, well, that would work. And then Peter, and then the Pink Panther stuff took off, and he was busy with that. But I don't know how he would have been in two thousand one. Well, they played the theme music in this movie. That was odd. Yeah. <laughs> it was like their attempt at putting him in two thousand one, a space odyssey. Well, because right, I thought that came out in two thousand one, and this was in nineteen seventy. Yeah, that didn't so play little... out, and I didn't even remember two thousand one, a space odyssey coming out when I was in seventh grade. If the Pink Panther wasn't a thing, we might have seen a world where Peter Sellers was in, um, like, a Clockwork Orange or something. Which Ooh, character wow. would he have been? Like the... He'd probably been one of the doctors that rehabilitates Alex at the end. Oh, I could have seen that. We couldn't have seen him as, like, one of the riffraff crew. Maybe. I don't know. Stanley Kubrick had a lot of crazy ideas that never came true. He wanted to make AI, that movie that Spielberg ended up making. With Will Smith. No, that's uh, iRobot. AIs with uh, oh, uh, dead people. Haley Joel Osment, yeah. yeah. But he wanted to, he didn't think that he could properly make the movie until he could actually get a robot to play the part. So he was, <laughs> he was waiting for the technology to get to the point where a robot could play the part. Not a person in a robot suit. Wow. But I mean, nowadays we kind of do have robots playing parts. We do. In Westworld, there are a lot. Yeah. <laughs> But if you look at Rogue it's like One, a colony. you know, that's, that's a robot playing that part pretty much. What part? Uh, the oh Peter, the robot part no the Peter Cushing part um, oh okay because there a dead is a robot actor, you know well I don't think the dead actor actually played the part <laughs> no he didn't a robot <laughs> they just dug robot. him up from the grave and put him on a stick and <laughs> shook him around <laughs> but we are almost at that part where actors can appear out of nowhere in a movie dead actors yeah and they can be you know you can get them to do as many takes as you want or hmm. even non actors exactly. What's a non-actor? Is that like a sim? Yeah. Yes. Whoa. Like, uh, you know, uh, the football game, John Madden football. The the actual game like you play on Xbox? Yeah. Well, I guess that's true. That's gotten pretty close in certain... A lot of the games? Yeah. Mm-hmm. As long as they just keep it where it's like right behind their helmet, like in dead space, where you don't have to see their face, then you'll never know it's not a person. Yeah, that'd be cool. Just shoot all movies like that. Over the shoulder. Over the shoulder. All over the place. There you go. Well, so... What do you think? Should uh, should this be a movie that continues, or should there be a sequel? <laughs> no. Straight to video. <laughs> no, this is one of the rare movies that wouldn't benefit from a sequel or a franchise. What would the <laughs> conclusion be? Being here? It'd be getting there. Getting there. Getting here? So do you think being there means uh, being present in the moment, or being there for someone who's dying? Well, now that you've made it what? about him being like a dead angel. I don't see how you guys can watch this and not find those parallels to this. Well, I'm not that intelligent. But it seems like he's not a real person in this. So I interpreted being there as just what happens when someone is just there. Yeah. Cause he just was existing. Kind of clueless and drifting through whatever is presented to them. He doesn't yeah. have a plan. He's just... Do you think he was being there, there when he was watching TV? Or was he not there? That's what he was doing. That was there. Yeah, okay. that's that's when he was the most engaged and absorbed. Yeah, he was like what Laura. Was going on. <laughs> yeah, that's the only time I know what's going on. But it, I just but repeat what I see. Just watching TV. Yeah. But don't you think? <laughs> don't you think it has double meaning because he was being there for Ben as he was dying and kind of came into their lives and changed them all for the better. Well, and so did you? Didn't notice until this time you watched it that he had emotion when Ben died, right? Right. 
Yeah, but that not was, when the old man died. Right, who was not his father. No, but okay. who he had known for a lot longer. Yeah, so maybe he abused him. Maybe this is the first time in his life he was actually recognized and noticed as more than just the gardener. Yeah. And that's why it brought up emotions. That was a really touching scene to me because he, I mean, how long was he probably with these people? Do you think like a week, two weeks? I don't know. A few days? A I few don't, days. Yeah. It doesn't seem like and a lot he of time was passes. very impacted by these people. And I don't feel like he really cared for Shirley MacLaine's character much at all. I mean, I feel like he, he loved her very much. He did say that. He just wasn't. He was. He was repeating what he saw on TV. He just doesn't. He's not like other people who know how to express their love. Uh, you know, with because he had never been loved. Emotion. Yeah, but so was the first time he experienced love when Ben died. Maybe it was. I don't know. And that's why he's. That was crying. the first time somebody paid any attention to him. Hmm. Interesting. I don't know. I think it's really interesting. And you know what I thought was going to happen? I thought that. The whole world was going to crumble down around him and that everyone was going to find out that he was not Chauncey Gardnier or whatever his name was. And that he was just some guy who was an imposter <laughs> and he was going to be taken down and like chased out by a mob of people. But instead, it was just the doctor in the room. And he's like, your name really is Chance, isn't it? And he's like, yes, it is. And he's like, and you really are just a gardener, aren't you? And he goes, yes, I am. And no one cared to ask him that. And they, he would have been honest had they asked him that. the doctor's like, huh, good one. He's like, well, <laughs> really... I could have told anybody that, but nobody would have listened to well, me, the and doctor. And, and when he was honest, people didn't know what to do with it. So when, he, mm -hmm. when, they, when he's talking to the press and they're like, what papers do you read? I want to publish a book for you. He's like, I don't write. <laughs> Oh, I don't know how to write. <laughs> good, good. I'll have people do that. I'll have a ghostwriter. I, I don't, don't read. read. <laughs> Who does? <laughs> Who has the time to do Who has anything? time to read? You're right. <laughs> and when they would say, yeah, what papers do you read? He goes, I like to watch TV. And they said, so what he's saying is that, <laughs> is that TV has more value than the printed word. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. Yeah, there were those moments that were really funny. Like the scene with Shirley MacLaine at the end was just hilarious yeah. on the bearskin rug. <laughs> the bear face. So, and he's doing the yoga. Was it yoga? <laughs> what is that video? Was that was yoga a thing in the 70s? I don't know. Like when did yoga become a thing? I don't know. I mean, it it's always been a thing. Like, like he just does these scenes like when he's talking to the Washington Post reporter. He's like doing the tapping on his arms. Up on yeah, and he just <laughs> hangs up. <laughs> <laughs> And the woman's like, no, he's here on the phone. He's here or there? There or here? And she's like, on both. <laughs> he just has to take the other We'd phone. We've never talked he on can't. a phone. Yeah. Yeah. That was really interesting. Yeah. Really he good. gave people plenty of clues that he didn't have a clue. <laughs> yeah. And they didn't take any of them. Yeah. Because they they all think and, – and that's funny because I feel like sometimes people, you know, when you're in meetings and things like that at work, people want to say the smartest, most profound thing in the meeting. They want to say something that just blows everyone's mind to the point where they don't even understand what that person's saying, but they feel like they're dumb. And so they just go along with it because they don't want to be the person who's like, I don't get it. So a bunch of people are like, yeah. I don't know what our chairman of the board is saying, but I must be an idiot. So I'm <laughs> yeah. just going to go along with it and make it work. And in reality, sometimes people are just bullshitting their way through it. Yeah, It's like, yeah. In, it's like in Seinfeld when everyone starts eating their Snickers bars with a <laughs> fork and knife and it convinces people that they're doing it wrong the whole time. <laughs> like, no. <laughs> It's interesting. The first I, time I ever heard about this movie, I was working um, in a warehouse and I would deal with a lot of truck drivers who came in. And there was this one truck driver who came in. I'll never forget him. His name was Mitch. Oh, yeah. I've heard this. And he was missing his top teeth. And um, when I knew him, he was a widower. His wife just died. And that's wow. all he would talk about is how much he missed his wife. And it was really sad. And Mitch was a really nice guy, like really kind of like a simple dude. And he said, my favorite movie of all time is Being There. And it's this Peter Sellers movie and with Shirley MacLaine. And my favorite part of the, my favorite scene in any movie ever is the I like to watch scene. <laughs> and, so, <laughs> and you never knew what that meant until now. <laughs> no. Well, he explained it to, he explained what happened to me. To me. I just and, wonder how you explained that. Well, I guess you could explain it pretty he, expl simply. he explained the scene and I was like, oh, well. 
guess I'd have to see it. <laughs> yeah, I don't really think it sounds that great. You waited a while to see it. Yeah. I did. Yeah. No, I've been, I've always wanted to watch this movie. So, out of all the movies that we've done, this is probably the most I don't know, touching, I would say. This is the this is the most real movie we've done so far. Yeah. I would Except for the walking on water and putting <laughs> But I mean, everything. like this is a real movie. This is yeah. not this is not a Hulk Hogan Grease Fest. Or a Muppet uh, freak show. Yeah, or a Steven Seagal action movie. Yeah. No, or, it was good. So breathe. why did you want us to see this movie so badly? Because you picked this. I mean, we said it pick a movie to do when you come out. Well, you, said you wouldn't being do there. Smokey and the Bandit. Well, I didn't say I wouldn't do it, but <clears throat> I wouldn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen Smokey and the Bandit. I haven't either. Oh, there we go. Next trip. Next trip. Uh, because there are a lot of layers in the movie, even the ones I wasn't even thinking about. <laughs> yeah. But what I really, I just think this movie, the way people kind of pick up on, completely refuse to pick up on what the person is saying and make it about something else is to me is just really fascinating it's 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 like here we've got this guy who's a genius he knows all about the economy and maybe we'll make him the president he's just wonderful and the reality is he's totally clueless doesn't have any idea about what's going on it just <laughs> it makes just me think a lot about what i was saying earlier where i'm in a meeting and someone says something and i feel like it's just so profound that i don't pick up on it but maybe in the future i'll be like wait what the hell are you talking about or like what does that really mean or whatever that is because it could just turn into a whole like kind of wildfire effect where everyone's like because i've had that happen to me where i say something and someone's like oh yeah you mean you mean this and i'm like i didn't but I'm not going to correct you now that you've said it. So I'll just go with it. Sure. And so now I kind of question if I should do that, if years, I should go with it. Years ago, when I first joined the army, there was this general who was, everyone said was the smart, he was just brilliant, but everyone acknowledged that they couldn't understand anything that he was saying. <laughs> they would all say, he is so smart that I can't understand him. Yeah, it's like the people who just like to hear themselves talk. Oh no, this guy was a genius. He was a <laughs> He really he, was. He was a genius. But huh. nobody could everybody's like, "Wow, that guy is so smart. I don't understand. I I I wish I was smart enough to understand." But how did they know he was saying anything really smart if they didn't understand what he was saying? That's my, kind of what this movie's about, right? Right. My view was the guy was an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's sometimes what I think is I hear someone talk. No, that's and, the dumbest thing I've ever yeah. heard. But everybody else is saying, oh, God, this guy's a genius. This is perfect. So this movie just shows that so much better yeah. than just about anything. It's <laughs> And that's so true because, I mean, in the political climate we're in, some people are fine what others are putting down. And I feel like I sometimes feel this way when someone says something and I'm like, God, they're so smart. I just am such I an idiot. I don't understand them. I just don't know. It's my fault. I'm an idiot. I should have gone to school more often and not been sick all the time. And this is my payment for that. <laughs> and in reality, they're probably just not making any sense. And everyone's just like, ah, oh, here, here. Yes. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Let's do that. And that's where some really bad things can happen. <laughs> I love this movie, though. I thought it was great. Yeah, I did, too. I think it's a perfect movie. I would give it five stars. Oh, so we five. rank this on the Plex Files. It's a one through five scale. So one is the lowest. Uh, we go with the Roger and Ebert. Is that a thing? Or do they do no. thumbs? Not, no. thumbs. We do, it's not even a star. It's I'd one, say it's, five thumbs up. Five thumbs. Okay, so uh, a handful of fingers... To the sky for this one. <laughs> I think I'd give it a five as well. I yeah. think that's the first time I've given a five, but it's good. It's a good movie. That's it makes good. you really think, though. And so, I mean, I'm going to approach conversations differently and watch. I'll find out that I'm really just the idiot because I'll question everyone and they'll be like, how the hell did you not understand what I just said? And I'm like, well, you said the spring turned to summer and winter and fall. And I don't know. You just need to be there and yeah. and vaguely answer questions that are <laughs> that are true, but they don't yeah. need to know what you're talking about. True. And then people will ride with it. And next thing you know, you'll be... President of the United States. Yeah, you'll get hit by a car, and then they'll come, they'll <laughs> pamper you, and Shirley MacLaine will, you know, 
rape you or something. <laughs> You'll do some yoga on a bed. <laughs> You'll tell somebody I can't read and they'll say, oh, of course not. Nobody can. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody knows how to read. And then you're like, they, they don't? <laughs> Pretty sure they do. Yeah, thank you for this. I think the next time you come out should be around Father's Day and we should do Mrs. Doubtfire. That's uh, another deep movie with a lot of levels. Very deep movie. Yeah, definitely. Um, a lot of layers. She wore a lot Robin of layers. Williams a lot of layers. an angel in that. Yeah. Yeah, definitely a pie in the face with that movie. So this was good. You're our second guest. How do you feel? Thanks for letting us into your living quarters oh, to well, record this. Thank you for letting yeah. me have living quarters to You're record welcome. In. Yeah, we figured you should live in a quarter of the house. <laughs> So, hence the living quarters. Well, I think we should sing the theme song. Being yeah, there. let's all let's all join in ending this on high note with the theme song to being there. Ba-na- oh wait, there wasn't any. Ba-na- <laughs> 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 Thank you. <laughs> being there coming to theaters near you soon yeah being there near you soon there near march of 79 march of coming 2079 they'll probably remake this movie with uh, the rock someday oh god probably. i can't imagine i mean it could be redone it, 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 with who that would be redundant who would be this character <laughs> who would be this let me, character? Let, me, let me say that joke again that would be redundant. <laughs> I don't know about that. You know yeah. what's interesting? There's there's only music at the beginning and the end of this movie. Did you guys notice that? I di- I didn't. Well, no, there was. Oh wait a minute, no, there was the 2001 there's music. 2001, and there were some other. Yeah, I think there was. Okay, more so than what I'm saying is there was no soundtrack. There's plenty of music in this movie, <laughs> and I was wrong.